From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human, and my guest today is Michael Majera, but he is lost in traffic at the moment. We've just sent him directions again, but I am very fortunate to have with me one of the high kids, Avadia Blumenthal, who is on holiday at the moment. Yay! Yay, and he says he's very excited to be here. He's very energetic. He was on the morning mayhem. What made you decide to go on the morning mayhem today? Well, Kathy, I asked Kathy if I could come here and just help out and be around here, just do stuff. And then she was like, fine, and will you be on the morning mayhem? And I was like, yay. So, so what does radio mean to you? Radio means so much. I love speaking. As you can see, I'm a chatterbox. <laughs> I speak a lot. And I have my show on a Monday, the Kids show. We have four kids, and I love speaking, especially on the radio where people can hear and send in messages. And then people say, oh, I heard you on the radio. So it's just really nice to be on the radio. So could you be a Kardashian, as famous as a Kardashian? Would you like to be for people to recognize you all the time? Um, Yes and no. It would be nice, but it wouldn't be so nice. Yes, probably. Okay, I have to agree with you, I must admit. I would say no because I think I'd be irritated. Yes, yeah, so it can get irritated. Yeah, especially if everyone's watching you. Now, today with Michael, when Michael comes, we're going to be talking about bullying. So I want to know what you think about bullying. Well, I think bullies bully other children to get on top of them, if you know what I'm saying. They put them down so they can go on top. If they feel that that person is too... Like it's like cooler than them or something. They'll bully them so they can get on top of them. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I know exactly. So you're saying that bullies look for victims to, for, to have somebody that they can victimize. Yes. And do you think bullies are happy people? No, they're not. Why I think not? they're miserable because all they can do in life is bully people to get on top of them. And when they bully them, they're happy. <laughs> but that doesn't last very long. You know, and... Often then it can cause for ribbles, fights, and then there's two teams and they go against each other. They can lose their friends. But do, you, do you think bullies do have friends or do you think it's through, through their bullying that they get people attached to them? Both. Like they can have a few friends and they're like a gang, so to speak. And then through being a bully, they can get more friends. Like, I like honestly, I don't really want to be a friend with a bully. Mm. But mm. there are people who do. Absolutely, and sometimes they're seen as the cool kids, aren't they? No, not in my eyes. Good, good for you. I'm really pleased about that. And what about bullying at in in like homes? And what did you do? You ever uh, hear about that when you're at school about children being bullied at home or by brothers or sisters or parents? Yeah, but I think it's very often for brothers or sisters to fight. You know, that's what children do. But it depends what bullying you're talking about, like proper bullying. You do hear about that, not that often. But everybody has fights and like that's not so bad. So I agree with you. I think it's very natural to have fights because it's one of the ways that we learn to actually socialize, to I tell you the truth. my little sister, we fight sometimes, and but not badly, like... I can. She'll kick me. I'll kick her. Something like that. <laughs> and tell me if you heard about someone that was being bullied. 
Yes. Would you report it if you if you heard that someone was being abused at home or hurt at home? What would you do about it with that knowledge? Are you saying like at school, like mm-hmm. tell the if principal? If you heard somebody, are you? Yes, t- I would definitely like go tell somebody so they can deal with it. Obviously, I'll, I would try help, but I'm just a kid, so I can't deal with it like myself. And if I was getting bullied, I would definitely go to my parents or a teacher or somebody to help. Hmm. And so if you saw someone in your class and you knew that they were being bullied at home, would you go and talk yes, to someone? Yes, I would. I would go speak to somebody and try help them and speak to them. And it's like basically like a psychologist, which I really want to be a psychologist. Oh, do you when so, you're big? Yeah. Wow. What do you want to how, – how do you want to help people? I want to help people through like talking to them. I like talking, as I said, and I like helping people. And I think a psychologist is an awesome job. Not that I know much about psychology, <laughs> but it's just one of the things that I want to be. Obviously, I have a few other things. I want to tell you that being a psychologist or a therapist, you actually do more listening than talking. How does that sound to you? Yeah, I still like it. I like, like, cooking and stuff. <laughs> My mom says cooking. I like, yeah. Tell, I like tell our listeners what cooking means. Cooking what? is you like listening to other people's conversations and you're just like sitting there, like looking around and like you're actually like listening. But no, <laughs> if it's like too personal, I'll like go out of the you'll room. You'll move out. Yeah, like right. if it's not for me to hear. Okay, then you'll move out. Good, very good. I mean, really, I'm amazed. I, I'm so pleased that you've come in so that I can interview you. This is amazing, my second show today. Absolutely. What did you do on the morning mayhem this morning? So on the morning mayhem, I got you at like 7.20, and I was just watching how everything interacts in the morning. They drink their coffee. I got a yum hot chocolate from Josie Blue. Oh, good. And they it's spoke to me. a good advert me. for Josie Blue. Yeah. They spoke to me about my show. Uh-huh. Asked me like my guests and they just asked me a few questions, which was really fun for half an hour. And I got to see how everything works in the morning compared to in the afternoon. Because uh, Craig's not here in the afternoon, is yeah, he? I have DJ Flo. Oh, you've got DJ Flo. And Flair Cassie as well. does her own DJing. So uh, in the morning? Yeah. Okay. And tell me, I wanted to also know from you, what are your other choices that you would like to do? I would want to be a state agent. Um, a psychologist and there's like I used to want to be like I don't want to be a doctor not not a good job for me but a psychologist has a name of a doctor absolutely a psychiatrist psychiatrist and are you after school are you planning on on going to Israel or anything like that that you can think about yeah I'll probably go to Israel for maybe a year or two to study there and I don't actually know right now would you like to go into the IDF no so Not you would like me. to just go and study? Yeah, go study and then come here, study like English, get a job, a degree. Good for and, you. Yeah, and hopefully still stay in radio. Absolutely. So you're planning on staying in South Africa? Yeah. Well, for now. Yeah, absolutely. Anything and And uh, there was something else that I wanted to ask you about the, the Yom Tevin that we just had. How did you celebrate? What do you mean? The Rosh Hashanah, what did you do? So the Rosh Hashanah, I was in shul and right next door my shul there's a park. So I was in the park and in the shul running up and down. Also in Yom Kippur, I didn't fast. My bomb is only next year, so I can fast next year, Yom Kippur. So I was in the park with my little sister, lots of people there. And then I was in shul and in the park and like up and down. Which shul do you go to? That to there's the a park? 
Oh, you go to the Chantel. So there's park. that park there, that big park. So mm. nice. It is nice. Yeah, it's very nice. And you go to Shul often? Yeah, I go every week. Good. Every Shabbos? Every single Shabbos in the night and the day. And then what are you going to be doing for um, now for Sukkot? Have you put your sukkah up? Yeah, our sukkah is up. And we're decorating today and tomorrow, not me. Um, Why yeah, not you? Because I'm here today. And, and when you go home? Well, it's not in my house where we're putting up our sukkah. It's in my Shabbos lap building. Oh, oh that's nice. So I won't be there. So no, it's no. a communal. Uh, no, it's we live in Halton. Yes. So we go to Chaltendale for Shabbos. Oh, uh, okay. And we have a flat there. And and so it does, do other people come to that sukkah? No, it's our sukkah. It's your sukkah. Okay. It's not communal. And uh, do you enjoy sukkot? Yeah, I love sukkahs. Um, it's okay. I don't really enjoy sleeping in the sukkah that much, but it's like outside, so it's a little bit awkward sometimes. But I love sukkahs. I love no school, especially. Like seven or eight days, it's really, really fun. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on uh, Finding Human. And right now, my guest today, this morning, is Avadia Blumenthal. Thank goodness he is filling in for me. And he told me that um, when he, one of his uh, high kids shows, his, his guest was 45 minutes late. So he quickly had to find things to fill in with. Well, I think, thank goodness I found you there yeah. in the office. So he was 40 minutes late, actually, and it was only like 15 minutes left of the show when he came. But I brought my friend with that week. Like It was just like some. I brought him with that week. He wanted to come and see everything. That was lucky. So lucky. And like, and actually, just like after 40 minutes, he had to go to a dentist appointment. So his mom came. I was like, what am I going to do for the next 15 minutes? And then I see the police car driving it. I was like, Phew. So Why the police lucky. car? Because now I could interview the policeman. Oh, it was the policeman you were interviewing. Yes. Okay. So have you been watching TV lately? Have you watched CNN and what's been happening? I saw yesterday news? what was happening. Wasn't that terrible? Terrible. It's, I mean, such vulnerable people watching a show, a concert, and, uh, and, and a sniper just taking them out like that. And then he shot himself. And then he shot himself. Absolutely. Terrible. When you hear bad news like that, Joe, you're going to, you want to be a psychologist or you want to be a life coach. You also said you're quite interested in that. Yeah. So, would you be dealing with traumas like that, do you believe? Uh, I don't know. Like my friend's father's a neuropsychologist. Neuro's my dog's name. Neuro is brain. <laughs> yes. So my dog's name is brain. Whole long story. When I was eight, I fractured my skull. Oh my word! And, and? I had a neurosurgeon, um, and he went like as a joke. My sister said, "When we get a dog, let's name him Neuro." And actually, by then, I was really scared of dogs. I went for therapy. I was so scared, and like slowly but surely, I. I saw all other dogs. Therapy made me more scared. I saw, like, Kathy's dog and my cousins had dogs, and I got less scared. And now I have a dog, Nero. That's so funny. And and are you scared of other people's dogs? No, I love dogs. Do you? Love. What sort of dog is Nero? He's a Boston Terrier. Yes. And he's the cutest dog in the entire universe. 
Shall I tell you quite a funny story? My daughter arrived from Israel a few weeks ago, and guess what? She brought There was a sheepdog in the cabin oh. with her. Not underneath where the dogs are normally kept, but with actually it, in two rows of, in, ahead of her, someone had their sheepdog. Yeah, blind people allowed to take no, their dogs No, this was not them. a blind. I asked if this was a blind dog, but it wasn't. So I think some people really complained, and some well, people... paid extra. They must have bought a ticket for this dog. But I'm saying, what happens if the dog needs to do its business? Exactly. And what happens if its ears are sore and it starts barking or anything like that? Yeah, and it, and it dogs need this. You know, they need to run around every, especially sheep dogs. Absolutely, I mean, sheep dogs. Actually, you're right. They need a lot of exercise. They need lots of exercise. My dog can be a flat dog. Ah, he just yeah. needs to be like walked once a day if he's in a flat. But I'm saying a sheep dog on. An aeroplane ride is a little bit harsh. And it's not exactly as though it was an internal uh, ride. It was, yeah. you know, it was a ride that actually was uh, uh, overseas. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's a long plane ride. Absolutely. Oh, so how I would you feel if that. you got onto a plane and there was a dog next to you? I would go play with it. Would you? I would definitely. I wouldn't like to have my dog with me because then, like, it's like awkward. If you want to sleep, what do you do with the dog? If he needs to run around, he starts barking. People are scared or allergic. No, I wouldn't bring him with the, on the seat next to me. <laughs> I would rather send him under the plane. Yes, no, I, I agree. I'd never. I must admit, I'd never ever heard of a of a dog actually being in the cabin. Unless yeah. they're a guide dog. Yeah, unless they are a guide dog. But I don't even think I would take my dog overseas unless I was going to love overseas. Mm. And then they would have to go into quarantine, and they go into quarantine for quite a few months, you know. Dogs coming here have to go into quarantine so that they don't give other dogs or any other animals any disease. But if it was somebody else's dog, I would definitely play with it if it was friendly. Now, let's go back to you for your holiday. So you're on holiday at the moment and for Sukkot. Yeah. And what are you going to be entertaining friends in your sukkah? Or what's going to be happening? So, yeah, we've got a lot planned for sukkahs. I don't really know the thing. My mom was telling me the other day we, we're very busy for sukkahs this year, which I'm pretty excited with lots of guests going out. So, yeah, and sukkahs is very long. So straight off the sukkahs goes into Shabbos. And then Shemini Atzeret the following week. Yeah, so it's it's going to be very long. No, I'm saying after Shemini Atzeret. Yes, yes. Go straight the, into Shabbos. Uh, it's actually been quite hectic this this year with it's the Yontems going into yeah. the three days so, like that. Very long. But, and apparently it's going to rain the that's, whole week. That's good. Well, if it rains during the day especially, it's it's a brocha, isn't it? It is, but I'm saying like in your sukkah. It's not, it's not nice to eat in the rain, so you go inside and everything gets wet and ruined. And all, our, all the decorations yeah. also all start dripping, don't they? But just tell me also at your shul, do you have a big sukkah there? Yes, yeah, so they do a sukkah for the kiddushes, the brocha, where we all eat together. They build a sukkah, but only the men have to go in it because they don't have enough space to build. So they have a men and a children's one, not the women stay inside. Oh, and do they have their own brocha inside? No, it's like connected, like the men are here and they move the women closer, but they're not in the sukkah. Oh, and Avadi, I see that Michael has just arrived. I'll introduce you now. Come in, Michael. Must I stay? 
you can go out once he's just stay for a moment to meet him. Hello, Michael. This is Avadia. Avadia has been filling in for you. Hello. He wants to be a, a life coach one day or a psychologist. But I don't really know what a life coach does. Okay. Well, you'll go and listen to it from the yes. office. Okay. Thanks okay. so much for filling in for me. It's really been a big, big help. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Avadia Blumadol. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, Michael Majira. How are you feeling after being lost? Hello, Sue. Thank you for having me. You know, Shem, are you oh, feeling so, a bit stressed? Uh, yeah, a bit, because, uh, you know, I hate being late. So. <laughs> Shem, I mean, when I heard your voice and, you, uh, you know, you said that you were at Melrose and how to get here, yeah. I'm not the best person to ask for directions. <laughs> but obviously, Matthew gave you good directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. Now, Michael, first of all, your professional career, you're an executive coach, a mindfulness practitioner, and I would like you, you've recently published a book called Dealing with Bullying in Marriage and in Relationships, really, and you sent this uh, synopsis of this to Chai FM, and right now we've just got a break for an ad break. Love is a word that in our culture has almost lost its meaning. Uh, there's a very interesting story about the Rebbe of Kotsk, who came across a young man who was clearly enjoying a, a dish of fish that he was eating. And he said, uh, young man, why are you eating that fish? And the man says, because I love fish. He says, oh, you love the fish? That's why you took it out of the water and killed it and boiled it. He said, don't tell me you love the fish. You love yourself. And because the fish tastes good to you, Therefore, you took it out of the water and killed it and boiled it. So much of what is love, right, is fish love, right? And so, young couple falls in love. Young man and young woman fall in love. What does that mean? That means that he saw in this woman someone who he felt could provide him with all of his physical and emotional needs. And she saw in this man somebody she feels that she can write. That was love, right? But each one is looking out for their own needs. It's not love for the other. The other person becomes a vehicle for for my gratification. Too much of what is called love is fish love. An external love is not on what I'm going to get, but what I'm going to give. We had an ethicist, Rabbi Dessler, who said, the people make a serious mistake in thinking that you give to those whom you love. And the answer is, the real answer is, you love those to whom you give. Right. And his point is, if I give something to you, I've invested myself in you. Right? And since self-love is a given, everybody loves themselves, now that part of me has become in you, right, there's part of me in you that I love. Right? So, true love is a love of giving, not a love of receiving. The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi, FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. My guest today is Michael Majera. And if you'd like to SMS us, you can on 34519 or WhatsApp us on 62 
0891-104-074. We were going to lead into Rabbi Tversky talking about love, but uh, unfortunately, because Michael got lost along the way, I want to just say this quote to you, Michael. Don't depend too much on anyone in this world, because even your shadow leaves you when you're in the darkness. That's what you probably felt driving here. Yes, that is so true. <laughs> that is so true. Tell us about yourself. Um, well, I don't know where to begin. Uh, begin so about much. where you were born and what brought oh. you into the subject oh, of okay. bullying. Okay. Um, I think essentially what what uh, inspired the writing was, you know, growing up, uh, I just observed a lot of what happened in in inside my um my family and 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 outside of my family, you know, in the different marital relationships that I, I've I've been privileged, so to speak, to to witness or be a part of. So I, I witness how uh, there's different dynamics in relationships, and they're all caused because people are not self-aware, and that self-awareness uh, then leads them to develop. Sort of like tendencies, you know, and, and, and those tendencies like bullying and, 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 and abuse and all those things, uh, they're a result of those mismanaged and, 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 uh, mis, um, and the emotions that people haven't been able to express, you know, throughout their lives. And so you, you were actually born in Zimbabwe, weren't you? Yes. And what age were you when you left there? Um, I think uh, I was in my teens when I when I came here. Yeah, around uh, in my teens, around seventeen. Yeah. And you had experienced a lot of losses by that stage already, hadn't yes, you? Yes, I had. Just I had lost both parents, and and I came to stay with my aunt uh, here, and 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 I was doing college at the time. And were you with any other family members here when you came here from Zim? Yes, with with my aunt and uncle. No, I mean brothers or sisters. Oh yes, with my sisters. For uh, um, I was born in a family of four, and and I'm the only boy, and I have three other sisters. Okay, yeah. and so did you notice bullying as a boy? Uh, yes, I did at school. I did. I did experience it, but you, you know, it, it's different when it's in, applied in a marriage and when it's at, at school level, though some of the characteristics are similar, but it's a lot different, you know, in relationships. What do you think the difference is? I think the main difference, you know, in relationships is uh, the, the different tactics that they use, you know, uh, and, and the intensities of the bullies as well, you know. And, and, and um, I speak about, uh, uh, about this a little bit in the book, you know, the different types of bullies. There's a financial bully. You don't get the financial bully in the, pre- in the playground, you know, mm-hmm. when you're kids. How can another child bully another child financially? Mm-hmm. But you, you find that in the marital relationships there are financial bullies and 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 uh you know some bullies like uh the silent treatment bully you know it's it's a type of bullying you know uh but you don't get that in the playground as well so it's a control really isn't it of yes. using money as a control and you see yes. it so often in divorces don't you when money is True. used to punish the children which punishes the children but it's actually meant to punish the spouse sure you know i was reading through your contents because i obviously i read the synopsis that you sent oh, yeah. us oh, yeah. 
But um, and it was very good. Thank I you. want to read the rest of the book as well. And your different. I'll, I'll just go through your different contents here: marriage, intimacy, and love. Mm-hmm. Married to a bully, mm-hmm. victimhood, mm-hmm. an unfamiliar inheritance, mm-hmm. and can bullies change? Can we just go on to an unfamiliar inheritance for a moment? Uh, okay, um, that chapter specifically. Uh, uh, I wrote it um, based on the different feelings, and because growing up, um, my father was uh, very abusive, you know, physically towards uh, you, to- towards us, you know, everyone you. in the in the family. Your mother to your mother as well. Yes, yes. So during that period of time, I I picked up certain things. I I I started doing certain things. I developed certain tendencies, you know, to either protect myself or, or um, to defend myself, you know, for, for, from the perceived threat um, of the physical violence of my father. So I carried that into adulthood. And, and, and as, I, as I became more self-aware now as an adult, I, I discovered that I had inherited those things, you know, from my father's behavior. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I realized I wasn't the only one at the time, too, who, who developed certain tendencies, you know, uh, as a child, you know, to protect yourself either from the environment, your parents or, or, or your caregivers, guardians or whatever. And, and you kept that defense mechanism and you still carried it into your adult relationships and you 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 start to use it against your partner or spouse or whoever and so it you, becomes very destructive yes it, it becomes very destructive and you 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 don't develop a level or a depth in your intimate relationships that you're supposed to mm-hmm. you know and and it becomes a hindrance to 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 your development as a person as well and what? How did you manage to change your own behavior patterns? Then I, I think I'm, I'm still on the road to. Uh, I can't say I fully have, you know, because I, I I think it's a process. And it's an ongoing. Yeah, process. it's an ongoing process. You don't wake up and just it just changes overnight, you know. Because under that, I see you say the sins of the father. Yeah. Or it could be the mother. Yeah. Depends yeah. on who the abuser yeah. is. Uh, the drive of belief. Mm-hmm. Did you do a lot of self-searching and, and self-growth awareness yourself yes. in order to understand what was happening? Yes, I, I did. You know, I, I did, and it helped me become more self-aware. But you, at the same time, you must have made yourself vulnerable in order to grow. Yes, true. Uh, there's a certain level, you know. Uh, I was listening to, I was listening to um, Rabbi Abraham. Uh, Twisky, yes, and he was speaking about stress, you know, and and uh, and he was talking about how crabs grow. Yes, you know, that's a fascinating one, yes, isn't it? Yes, you know, and and they have such a hard shell, and when it gets uncomfortable, they have to go under a rock and then remove the shell and then grow a new one. Mm-hmm. I, I saw. I think I sort of went through that phase, you know, where I had to remove the old shell. And then you're very vulnerable. Yes, I was very vulnerable. I had to go find, you know, just a place of solitude, you know, just develop myself. And 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 then, you know, you grow a new one, mm-hmm. like the crab. You know, you mm-hmm. you come back to yourself and you center yourself and you begin to 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 a new phase of life again. Until you have to change your shell. Until again. you have to change mm-hmm. again, then you have to go back and back and forth. 
and you it know. is an ongoing striving to to heal ourselves, it isn't is it? It is very much so. It is. And um, what about um, dealing with the past? Do you believe that there is such a thing as forgiveness? Yes. Yes, I do. And 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 you know, a lot of things that we hold on to. I was thinking of some of the things you know that happened in your past. I, I think everyone has. A a place in their past where they, they were hurt uh, or or they were um, abused or you know or where they just feel there was an injustice that, that that happened or was done unto them you know and when we carry that mentality and and we carry it becomes like baggage you know and when you carry it into our present you know some of that baggage is obsolete mm-hmm. you know we start to react based on that baggage that we have you know because you can't trust anyone let's say maybe you were in a relationship and and that relationship didn't work out so well you know and your level of trust is very low then you you tend to mistrust everyone else that you meet Mm -hmm. you know based on the person that hurt you in the past in the past so it becomes a hindrance for you to actually develop as a person or evolve or experience you know some of the things that you would like to experience in 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 life you know or relationships you know in love or whatever so who who became your role models um for change i think i have many role models i have many role models but i think probably my biggest inspiration is my family you know, I, I, because those are the people I spend a lot of time with and, and, you know, I see them grow, change. Uh, and, and one other person I think who has had a profound effect on me is my auntie, my, my the mother's sister. The one that sister. you came to yes. live with? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, she is also an emotional intelligence pra- uh, um, practitioner. Practitioner, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I, I saw how, she impacted herself as she started that journey, you know, and now she began to impact uh, other people, you know, through her change, you know, everyone else evolved, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, so. And do you feel that because of her, you were led into your own work? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, because I, you started differently, didn't you? What true. did you start wanting to do? Uh, I started off studying accounting. And, and and I was in college at Monash University, and that took a change. And and I I, I tried to study economics. I think after that, and, yeah, and it wasn't your route. It it just wasn't me, you know. And and you know, I think if she actually hadn't started this journey, I probably wouldn't be on this journey as well. And then you're also a part of ministries, Meta Ministries, wasn't it called Meta? Sorry. Uh, um, when you traveled quite oh, yeah, a yeah. bit? I, I did a, a bit of missionary work. Meta Health or something? No, no, no. It was Not. just missionary work. Missionary yeah, work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And where did you go with that? Uh, in Zimbabwe and a couple of places. Uh, I don't think anyone would know them. But uh, yeah, and, in Zimbabwe and what did you Zambia. do mainly there? Mainly we were just building houses and schools uh, for the children there and drilling balls Things like that, just helping people around. And in that way, did you interact with the children and do you feel you could have been a role model there as well? Yes. I, you know, you. it's amazing the impact that you have on different kinds of people. And 
at that moment, I realized the impact I had and, and, and how I could influence a lot of kids or you know, develop a sense of who they are, you know. And, and it's a responsibility that comes with it, isn't it? True, it does, it does. And at that moment, you know, I, I realized how much bigger of an impact it is for these kids to have someone come and tell them that they could be something, that they could achieve something, and, and you know, they could achieve their dreams, you know. Just and for someone to believe in them. Yes, yes, yes. Mm, yes it's so true. important. You're also a mindfulness practitioner. And the Buddha said the secret to health for both body and mind is not to mourn the past, nor to worry about the future, but to live the present moment wisely and earnestly. And I think that's what you you have just said, that you, you cannot hold on to the past True. because it does stop you advancing True. into the future. True. And, you know, if I look at uh, our, our country today, we have a lot of violence and a lot of bully, bullying in the homes going on across all cultures. I think we're a very angry society, actually. And a lot of it is because of our past. We can blame anything on our past. But I think until we all stop and realize that we all have a, a role to play here in changing our society... Uh, it's going to go on. True. And also, Rabbi Tversky talks about the shame of silence, mm -hmm. of not talking out. What do you True. think about that? True. I, I think, you know, uh, in our society, I, I don't know about yours, but mine, you know, where I grew up, uh, you know, our community and culture don't really, people are not really expressive. Mm -hmm. About the feelings, or you know, it's 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 like you can't speak about depression openly. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's like a secret that you hold to yourself. In case you don't realize, Michael and I are different colors, and that's what he's talking about. Culturally, we are different. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you know, and 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 so it's, you can't really express some of those things openly. So it becomes shameful. And that mm -hmm. shame grows. You know, shame is, is one of the, the most dangerous emotions that one can feel, you know. And and you feel that you're alone. And and those things, you know, if you keep carrying that shame, that guilt, you know, that negativity and not being being able to express yourself, you, you can't begin to heal. So in your own work, that as a life coach and um there's a huge responsibility for you then to reach out to people of many cultures. True. And do you work with, with different cultures? Yes. Um, I, th I think most of the people that have actually coached um, are, are from a culture that's different from my own. You know, Because um, a lot of people who do life coaching you know where i come from it's like uh, what do you need a life coach for you, you so know? it's almost looked down yeah upon. like why would i need a life coach you know? mm. so it's it's seen like one of those things that you do for leisure or when you have too much money or too much time on your hands uh, you know okay. so they believe like uh, it's not necessary you know and uh, but but you realize the importance of it you know when you're part of the journey and and you get those wild moments you know like wow i didn't know this could happen i didn't know you could help someone in such a way to help them see themselves from a different point of view and 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 it's just um life-changing i guess i could say and you are a searcher 
Yes. So do you feel that you're going to go on searching for the meaning of life uh, I, always? I, I, I don't know, you know, um, because the thing with searching is, is some searches, I'm, I'm that type of searcher who enjoys finding the balance between searching and, 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 and actually living. And know? what is the balance? Uh, uh, I think just being in the moment, that's the balance, you know, mm-hmm. just being present where you are doing what you can at that time. And because a lot of our seeking, you know, we're trying to look too forward, you know, or digging too, or deep. too deep. We've just got to break for another advert. To live your values. How do you get them to grow? Well, I'll tell you a little story. My late father who had come to Britain as a refugee at the age of six, had to leave school at the age of 14 to help support his family. He sold schmutters in London's East End. It's like the Lower East Side of New York. And he was never tremendously successful at business. And he was one of those people who didn't get the opportunities that he might have done in another time, another place. But one thing I remember... He used to take me to synagogue when I was five years old. And each Shabbat, I would come back. And on our walk together to home, I would ask him questions. Why do we do this? What does that mean? And he always gave me the same answer, which I never forgot. He used to say to me, Jonathan, I never had a Jewish education. So I can't answer your questions. But one day you will have the education I didn't have. And when that happens, you will teach me the answers to those questions. You want your child to grow up to be a chief rabbi, that's how you do it. One of our great commentators, Rabbi Moshe Alshech, asked a very good question. It says in the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6, you shall teach these things carefully to your children. And he asked a very good question. He said, how can we be sure that we really will teach things to our children? We can try, but it's not within our hands. It's within our children's hands. How do we act so that we know we will succeed? And he said, the Bible gives the answer, the Torah gives the answer, just two verses earlier. It says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. It is what you love that your children will learn to love. And there is no other way to teach your children. It's not what you say to them. It's not even what you do to them. It is the way your life reflects your loves. Those are the things our children will absorb and eventually make their own. Or as the English poet William Wordsworth wrote in his great poem, The Prelude, what we love, others will love, and we will show them how. Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. 
Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. My guest today is Michael Majera, and we're actually trying to rush through our, our program because uh, Michael was uh, got a bit lost, which we often do in life, uh, but he ha- is found, <laughs> and we will have him back on our show. Um, Michael, you've just heard Rabbi Jonathan, Lord Jonathan Sachs yes. there. And how do you feel about what he has to say, that his father came as a refugee, hadn't had the education mm. that he had, mm. but said to him he could learn differently? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that for our country? You know, I, I feel it's very important, you know. Uh, that's, I think, every parent's dream, you know, for, for their parents, uh, for, for their children to, to live the life that they haven't had the chance to. And, and uh, th- they make certain sacrifices, you know, to allow for that to happen, you know. And it's important now um, for, for this next generation, you know. I was even thinking to myself, you know, uh, he was talking about what parents love, you know, children. If you, if something a parent loves, you know, and does it well, you know, the children just copy it, you know. They don't just pick up what parent the parent says, you know. And and I was thinking much of self love, you know, how children learn to love themselves. It's through their parents as well, mm-hmm. you know. They, they they the parents have that role to play to 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 help the child to to mold them, you know. To to advance their own yes, self esteem. To, to advance the the, the children's self esteem, you know, and that's very important. If if we could grow and and, and if we could uh, develop the next generation and and teach them how to love themselves, how to love their neighbor, you know, and as much as as we do it ourselves, you know, I think the world would be a better place, you know. Wouldn't it just? Yes, it, it really would. would. Maya yeah. Angelou said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. Mm-hmm. People will forget what you did, mm-hmm. but people will never forget how you made them feel. True. That is so true. And that is from a woman who came from an abusive, sexual abusive childhood, uh, prostitution, and that's obviously it came a very heartfelt mm-hmm. feeling there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is true, isn't it? Is. It? it is. And what are your your dreams for your future? Um, for my future specifically, or mm. for, for for your. For your future, how do you see this developing? You've now your book has been published, and oh, okay, um, you know what I would love to do is, is you know, I, I always try not to do it to imagine, you know, things that are too big or too small, you know, and and I think just touching one life at a time. That's what I want to do, you know, just changing one life at a time, just helping one individual be more self-aware, be able to love themselves more, be able to to show up in their relationships as themselves authentically, be able to to grow and evolve into the person that they were supposed to, that they were meant to be, you know, that they were born to be, I could say. You know, for me, that's probably the most important thing. And I have to agree with you. And I know that uh, part of your f- coaching philosophy stresses the importance of accountability, yes. responsibility, yes. discipline, yes. team unity and self-confidence and mental toughness. Yes. Now, what do you mean by that? This seems like a lot to achieve. Do you do you manage this when you're team building? Uh, you know what I think, you know, uh, the you can't really be able to achieve anything without a certain measure of discipline that you apply to it. 
So to be able to grow or to be able to to become more effective, you know, you need a measure of discipline. You know, so so that's mental, physical, emotional. You need some sort of discipline, and that's you know. the responsibility, yes, isn't it? Yes, that is the responsibility, mm-hmm. and and because you know the responsibility part also comes, you know, in in the sense that you are the one who measures how far you want to go. Right? You you could have someone to walk with you, you know, but they can never do what you're supposed to do, no. you know, for you to grow. You know, I could coach you, I could mentor you, I could do whatever, but at the end of the day, you know, it's your responsibility to take the necessary steps for you to grow, for you to evolve. Do you prefer teamwork or one-on-one? You know, teamwork is very important, you know, because you could grow and be at a certain level on your own. But if you come back, you know, we work with in a society of people. You know, we, we you can do something on your own, but at the end of the day, you're going to need to cooperate with so society with other people at some level, mm-hmm. at some level. So it's important for you to grow as an individual, right? And then as you grow as an individual, it's also important to bring other people around you, you know, to grow too. To lift them up yes, as well. Yes, yeah. I'm afraid we've got to go to an ad break again. A frequency like no other. 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. My guest today is Michael Majero, and we are talking about bullying in marriage. He has just published this book, Dealing with Bullying in, Mar- in Marriage, Managing Emotions for Relationship Success. Where can they get this if they want this? Would you like to just give your phone number out? Or? Uh, yes. Uh, um, you can uh, pre-order on Facebook. You know, we have a Facebook page there, and you can leave your email address, and we could contact you. It's at Bullying in Marriage on Facebook, and you could... Could call me on zero six one seven three nine five eight one nine. Good. What I also just need to give out is Kalenu's numbers, which is a Jewish uh, organization for for abuse in in any form, um, and it's o double one two six four zero three four one, and they're open Monday and Wednesday morning and Tuesday and Thursday nights. Now, a community that turns a blind eye and a deaf ear to what is happening in their midst are guilty of being enablers of the abuser. True. But at the same time, it takes huge courage to be the one to speak out. True. A victim of abuse who has managed to remove herself from an abusive situation is often the person that will help the, the victim who's going through abuse. True, because they can relate. Uh, yes, yeah. So, you know, we need people who have been through it themselves, like Maya Angela did, to actually speak up and and say this is what happens, but you can heal and you can become a person of worth. You know, you you mentioned um, base camp, calling marriage a base camp. Yes, yes. Just can you, we don't have all that much time, but I would like you to just tell me what you mean by this. Okay, and that that analogy I used, you know, I actually f- uh, picked it up from um, uh, the book Men Are From... Uh, 
Mars. Mars women are from Venus. And, and, you know, he was speaking about how marriage is like a base camp, you know. You know, a, you know, a base camp is a place where, you know, mountain climbers usually yes. go to find, put supplies and whatnot. And, and, and at the base camp, you know, you find whatever you need for, the climb or for for your expedition, you know. So you go on your expedition and you come back to the base camp for supplies, you know. And marriage is that place where we come back to renew and rejuvenate ourselves, you know. It it shouldn't be a place that takes more from us than than it energizes us, you know. Or that we take yeah, more from. We take more from it, you know. So the the thing with the base camp is it's the responsibility of everyone who's on the expedition to take care of the supplies make sure there's supplies there make sure there's everything we need you know so in the sense of a marriage you need to make sure both partners that you have enough for what you need whether emotionally mentally physically all those things you have to make sure it's as a group as partners that you have all those things that is so important that as partners and as working together True. Um, and may you all do that we have to, to we have to end now but next tuesday on my program i'll be interviewing two grade 11 pupils who will be discussing the challenges of dating in the social media age uh, very fascinating and and of friendship i wish all our jewish listeners hug samer Personally, Sukkot is my favorite Chag, my favorite festival. I love seeing the enjoyment and the excitement from the children as they help as they help erect and decorate the sukkah. And let's may it herald rain, preferably during the day. But I won't be fussy. We're going to end with a song, "Brave" by Sarah Bareilles and Michael. Will you agree to come back on the show again? Yes, most definitely. And I just wanted to, once again, I can see Avadia Blumenthal standing outside there. I want to thank you, Avadia, once again for filling in for Michael. He's giving me the thumbs up to say it's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Craig.